Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Complete Sinner's Guide. I am your host, as always, Tyler Fowler, and today with me, I have Noah Chalaya. As always, what is going on, my man? Hey, man, great to be here with you. Thanks for having me back. Thank you, thank you. We've got an amazing show lined up for you guys today. I actually got one of my buddies from actually growing up, um, Jake, and we're going to talk about actually our testimony and we're going to talk about his. We both have experiences with drugs. We both have experiences with falling away from the faith and then coming back to it. So this should be a really interesting conversation. Um, you can find us at www.completecenters.com. Hit me up on my email. It's completecenter at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook page at the Complete Centers Guide. And Noah, let's just dive into this real quick. I actually had um, somebody, a conversation started a few days ago about I I posted some verses and the context of it was I was just asking a question right Mm -hmm. about what Paul meant behind whenever he said the things that I do I do not want right and he said it it's not me that does it it's the sin that dwells within me and I posted a question about that and it almost seemed like the responses that they thought that I was implying that it's okay to sin and, you know, nobody actually made a statement about the Complete Sinner's Guide, but I just want to advocate for a split second that within the Christian faith, there we have to keep in mind that we're not perfect. Nobody is, that we sin daily. And we're not, and Noah and I both on this show take the position that should we continue to sin so that grace may abound? God forbid, right? We don't advocate for the sinning of anything or anyone if you want to you know live with your boyfriend and claim that you're a christian it, it that's not okay because why because god has directly spoken against spoken against things like so, that so let me let me see if yep. i can let me if i can just rephrase that maybe just a little bit so what we would what we would say is if you're a person that is because i, I guess the what, what i my, my gut instinct the gut thing that that just came out of my that came through my my head when you said that was you can't be a Christian and live with your significant other, right? Which, of course, neither of us, I don't think, believe, hopefully. Um, Sure, right. So I I guess maybe a a different way to phrase that would be is that we don't care which flavor of sin you pick as long as we can all acknowledge that they're all wrong. Um, Right. I struggle with all sorts of things and Tyler I'm sure you struggle with all sorts of things too so it, it, we're not it's not we don't sit here behind microphones and, and claim to say oh oh we're better than you because you do this thing right. and we do that thing it's not like that but we just want to make sure that we're clear that just because we're accepting and inviting of everybody to participate in this program and 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 become a part of the complete sinners guide community even though there's an open invitation uh, for that, and there is no judgment passed on you you're welcome to come in and we understand and accept that all people fall short of the cross like we're not trying to claim otherwise while that's very much our position and we're very welcoming to other people and would love to we're going to over the next few weeks you're going to hear various people come onto this program that are going to have wildly different views wildly different takes on the bible which you have to understand that through all of that the one thing that we have in common uh with jesus as his example is we never compromise so Will we be accepting? Will we be accepting of other people and love other people well, regardless of their chosen flavor of sin? Yes. Is there compromise that given behaviors are sinful and that as followers of Christ we want to move away from sinful behavior? 
no, there's no accept there's no acceptance of the sin. We'll take the person, we reject the sin. I think exactly. that's what you're trying to say. Exactly. The whole point of become the the whole point of salvation to begin with is to conform each and every person that placed their faith in Christ. The the goal of that is not only to forgive us of our sins, but it was to set us free from our sins, right? We are constantly being conformed into the image of Christ who was sinless, right? The problem is that we are still in this human flesh and we're still going to screw up. Again, I would never say that somebody who is claiming to be a Christian is not just because they're living with their boyfriend. A perfect example of that was before me and my wife was actually married. We lived together for a month. Is it wrong? Absolutely. Did we do it? Yeah. The point is we're always looking to be better. And we're, uh, uh, my pastor said it best, right? He said, a Christian should be the best repenter in the world. Why? Because we're constantly doing it. We're constantly repenting of our sins. Does that mean we become sinless whenever we're Christians? No, absolutely not. Does it mean that we're working progress to be conformed into the image of Christ? Absolutely. And that's just what I want to make clear. Noah, do you got anything else to add to that? Or No, I, I would just say, what, what I would say is, like anything else in life, listen to the program like you list, like eat a watermelon, you know? Swallow the good parts, spit out the seeds. Um right. If you don't like something, that's fine. Reject it and and move on. But try. Let's try to find a place of of common belief and and in a way that in a way that we can enlighten each other, rather than worrying about tearing each other apart because we don't agree with this, that, or the other. Right. And the Bible actually, you know, it condemns argumentation like foolish arguments. There's no no. You said it best, man. The the, the first time we really talked. You said to, and I'm going to paraphrase, obviously, but you said that Christians are spending so much time disagreeing, we're starting to forget where we're unified at. I mean, in a nutshell, that's what you said. Um, but, and you're absolutely right. So, yes, do we compromise on things? Absolutely not. Especially sin. But at the same time, like Noah said, we are welcoming to the fact that people are going to screw up. We're humans. You know, we all do it and we're no better than anybody else. I think so that's good. I yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so, you know, I just felt in my heart that I needed to, you know, come out and say something, you know, to, and, and just, you know, not destroy the argument, but just to be clear about our position here on the show. So with that, we have a very, 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 very dear friend and a special guest Jake, how are you doing, buddy? I am doing great. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. So, like, so basically, what I want to do, right, is we're both of us are going to give our testimony, and I want to start out by saying, again, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. We, you know, we we've actually scheduled to do this. What do you think? About a month ago, maybe, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, about a month. Right, and so we've been just kind of waiting to you know do this, and I'm really excited because I haven't given my testimony yet. Um, but, dude, if you want to start out, um, tell people about yourself, where you're from, and how your walk with Christ started and began, and then how you are and where you are now. Okay, I, I grew up at a Christian household. You know, we were an uh, independent Baptist small town. Um, you know everybody in your neighborhood, and um, we went to a, a moderately big church, uh, probably about 300 people, and 
Uh, we moved down here in 1997, so I was uh, in kindergarten, first grade, and we really started getting uh, a lot of involvement in 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 this in my church. Um, and it, it didn't take long for me to realize, you know, if right from wrong, um, you know, I, I got disciplined as a child, um, you know, and and grounded uh, back then we you know it's okay to give your kids a spanking or two but i got many um, of them i I really knew right from wrong and that and that was the upbringing for me in my household um throughout church i was very active i was always going uh sunday night sunday morning wednesday uh night and uh, despite even some busy schedules i was involved in 4-h i was involved in sports Actually, I don't know if you remember this, Tyler. We were on the uh, uh, Little League uh, baseball team. We won the championship, you know. So there's always things going on in the community I was involved in that, but I still found time to, for church and for my walk in faith and, and for family. But it, it, was, it got to where I was about a teenager. It kind of all turned on me. I, I wasn't doing it. For the right reasons, and I wasn't—I didn't know this at the time. This is just from reflection uh, back. I was going through the motions, you know. I was doing these things, but I was doing it for myself, for the recognition. I don't know how many Bible school awards I won, many, you know, um, youth group awards I won, um, and and that's exactly why I was doing it for the awards, for the recognition. I didn't give God any glory in anything that I did. And so whenever I moved out of my house, whenever uh, I went to college, um, real life just kind of slapped me in the face really quick because I realized that uh, I couldn't do these kind of things on my own. Um, you know, I didn't, when I was, up until I was 18, I had no idea what marijuana smelled like. I didn't know what alcohol smelled like. Um, and... When I got to college, all those things were introduced to me, and it, it's it's kind of embarrassing to say, but it was almost like, here, try this. Okay, I'll try that, you know? Um, yeah. And it, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's just not really, there's no common sense at all in that. So I was doing a lot of drinking um, in college, uh, a lot of blackout nights, um, you know, and, and, of course, alcohol then led to uh, to being promiscuous, um, you know, ha- having sex, uh, unmarried sex. And it really brought myself into a depression. So not only – and, I, and that, that was the time I wasn't even going to church at all. I, and, and I kind of put a lot of blame on God. Well, God, I did all these things for you growing up. You know, why am I going through all this stuff now? And that just got me in a deeper hole because as I was questioning the man who sent his son to save me, and here I am, you know, doing just the opposite, you know, uh, no thankful, thankfulness or anything at all. Um, it, it ended up making me transfer. I played college football as well for a year, and then I transferred um, to a local college here around where I live in Evansville. And it escalated from drinking to smoking a lot of pot. And um, you know, I don't want to. I, I don't need to really get into too too many details with all that because. Uh, but 
throughout a period at this time when I was living in Evansville, I was about 20 years old. And from 20 to 21, um, you know, turning 21, going to the bars, drinking a lot, uh, smoking a lot of weed. But it just didn't never seem like it was enough for me. Like, I felt like I had so many problems struggling in school, struggling with relationships, struggling with friends, just every aspect of my life I was felt like I was struggling and uh I and then I turned to drugs and alcohol on that. It it wasn't long after I turned 21 that alcohol wasn't enough for me and I had to turn to bath salts. Um so when I first tried it, I didn't know what bath salts was. I just knew you could get this kind of stuff at a gas station, and uh, it made you feel good. And then it was after I tried, I was doing it for so long, I realized, oh, my gosh, this is bath salts, but I love it. It's legal. I can buy it at a store. I was justifying every reason I could to make myself think that it was okay to do this kind of thing. Um, right. Just, just real quick, Jake, um, for the people yeah. who are listening who don't know, and for the people who are just turn, tuning in, uh, I have Jake Robinette with me, and we're giving our testimonies. Um, and Jake is just now, you know, getting into his, his drug and alcohol problem. But, but for the people who don't know, Jake, what is bath salt exactly? And bath salt is um, a synthetic... Um, I don't know. The best way I describe it is meth on acid. It's like a designer drug that um, they're all the time messing with the chemicals to get by with making it a legal substance. But it's like a it's a synthetic drug. So that's I don't know. That's kind of the best way I can explain it. So basically, what you're saying is is that it, it it's basically a legal form of meth, right? Bath salts they speed yeah. you up. They give you a bunch of energy. And see, cause I never personally did bath salt. I, I smoked weed. Um, and, and you're right. Like you were saying that, you know, we was on the same team and won the championship. I remember that. I really do. We actually went to the same church too. Um, and, and I, if I remember right, we actually went to the same church camp too, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we did. We went to Indian Creek together. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yep. That's right. And you know, your story is a lot like mine because I, I mean, I did grow up in a Christian home, <clears throat> but I, I say that with quotes, right? Because, yeah. yes, I was disciplined as a kid, but, you know, we went to church every Sunday morning, but it seems like we went to church on Sundays, and then through the rest of the week, we was just like, yeah, whatever, we'll do what we want. Um, you know, we didn't live for God, we didn't do any of that, and I think that impacted me a lot, because I talk to people now who grew up in that Christian household with the, you know, rules, so to say, actually enforced, and it, it seems like, you know, for those who have rebelled, right, because we both did, it seems like for them, it's maybe a little bit harder. I don't, Jake. Whenever you were young, did your parents like enforce Christian? Um, what would be the word? Not rules, but uh, just the basic, you know, the basic things that Christians do. Did, was was that ever enforced? Or yeah, it, it was enforced. Like uh, for an example, if I saw if I was watching a movie and I saw kissing i had to close my eyes so it was like that extreme right. okay all right sorry i didn't mean to interrupt there but i just no, just like right. i said for the people who you know didn't know what bath salts were 
I just want to kind of give a, you know, a basic definition of what that exactly was. Continue, man. Continue. I'm very intrigued right now because I didn't know you did that, actually. Like, I knew you had some problems, but I never, because I know people who actually got on bath salt and it ruined their life, right? So for you to make a turnaround from that is absolutely amazing. I'm intrigued. Please continue. <laughs> uh, and, and even though I've been through all these things and I'm back, uh, you know, I've had some things happened to me in my life that's just been devastating but i i i'll remind everybody that there's only been one reason why i got out of it and that's god because you know everybody's right. asked me wow you've been through all this stuff and uh how, how did you make it even i had a relative asked me that last week and i had one answer i was like it, it was god there's no way i could have pulled myself out of where i was uh, but back to where the bath salts was, and this was actually where the stories, my testimony, uh, actually gets pretty juicy. Uh, we like juicy. The bath, salts, <laughs> <laughs> the bath salts being introduced to me really set me back. I dropped out of school. Um, I was dating a girl at the time, um, and when we quit school, it kind of caused us some problems. Um, I moved back home, got a job, and within a month, she tells me, okay, so within a month, I quit school, move home. She tells me that she's pregnant. We break up. And then a month later, she tells me she's getting a, an abortion. Oh, and there's wow. nothing that I can do about it. So, again, at this time, there's a lot of hate going on in my heart, not only for everybody around me, but, of course, I was, I was blaming God. Well, why, why are you doing this to me? Like, what, what am I doing wrong? And I was so blindsided by all the blessings that he gives me. All I could see was the bad things that, that he's doing. But, I mean, really, these were all my choices. And right. I spent a week in a mental hospital, you know, uh, trying not only for to get clean, uh, but to deal with some of the things that had been going on in my life but as soon as i got out i was i was the same guy i was and it did not help me uh one bit uh, I, I continued to do basalts for nearly a year before i finally said i am done with this stuff uh, i i wanted off of it so bad it but it it was it was kind of like I'm wanting to move on to something else. I've told you that, you know, I was drinking. I got sick of it, started smoking weed while I was getting drunk. Um, then I got sick of it, went to basalt, finally got tired of it. So then I start going to uh, synthetic marijuana. And after I just spent probably 18 grand on basalt over, over a period of a year, I'm going... Wow to another addiction, uh, synthetic marijuana. So if, if I hadn't learned my lesson, you'd think that, that that'd be the time. But, um, you know, synthetic marijuana really soaked me in for probably a good three years where I was um, always late for work. Um, some, sometimes during this period, I, I didn't even have a job. Um, and because I'd rather get high than go out and or go to church, or go to go get a job. Um, it really consumed me. Uh, at this time, I was out on my own. I, I got a place for, on my own, moved out of my parents' house, and 
so that kind of structure I had when I quit using bath salts kind of went out the window because I was out on my own and I could do what I want. And I'm 23 so do you, years old. Do you think that you replaced the bath salts um, with the synthetic marijuana? And just to be clear, because so you, you've smoked marijuana and you've smoked synthetic marijuana, right? And I have too. Yeah. I, I've been down that road. And for me personally, the two were nowhere near each other, right? I don't, I don't know if that right. had the same right. effect. But with, you know, just regular marijuana, um, it, well, with the synthetic marijuana, it, basically would, whenever we say like one hit, which means like whenever you take one drag of a cigarette, so to say, but it's like with one hit of the synthetic marijuana, you are blacked out. I remember doing it one time and it felt like my heart was pounding out of my chest. I said, this is nothing like the real stuff. You know what I mean? Like, not advocating for either one, but at the same time, you know, it's just, we. I think it's important, you know, to make a distinction between the two, because would you agree that they're nowhere in the same category? Not even close. Not even close. Okay. But, and- so, 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 real quick then, synthetic marijuana is basically, I don't know, how would you describe it? I, I would say it's like some kind of smell good stuff sprayed with a chemical that's supposed to get you high. Like it's advertised or it used to be whenever it was legal. Thank God it's illegal now. But it used to be advertised as potpourri, right? And whenever we think of that, yeah, we think about, it. oh, or incense, right? And we think of that, you know, oh, we're going to, you know, our house is going to smell better, you know. And my mom, right. she she loves potpourri, right? And whenever I saw this, I was like, what in the world is this? And, you know, my buddy was like, oh, you're supposed to smoke it because they spray this chemical on it that gets you really screwed up. And I'm like, oh, well, that sounds like a great idea, you know, like, <laughs> but so but go ahead again. Sorry to interrupt. But like I said, for the people who are just tuning in, I have, I have Jake Robinette with me. We're talking about his testimony. We're going to get into mine here in just a second. And Jake, take her away, buddy. Um, you're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. This is only the second time I've public. Well, I mean, I always have opportunities to give my testimony to some friends, and and I do that from time uh, to time. And and but this is really the only second time I've given my testimony public publicly. For some reason, wow. I've always kind of felt like I need to hide what I've been through, and then something hit me. Um, you know, I, I hit a year of sobriety, and something hit me, and I was like, I need to share my story, and. Uh, and that's whenever, you know, you and I talked, Tyler, and, and I, I wanted to share, uh, you know, what I've been through because I want to help. I want to show people that there's – that what what God did for me and what they can do for anybody else. Right, exactly. Uh, so, and and that's exactly why, you know, we're doing this kind of thing is because you and I have both – and you, we've both been through this, you know, th- this experience. I, I won't necessarily say it's horrible, but it, it, depending on your perspective, it is actually because here, – here's the thing, and this is just my opinion on it, but I think God sometimes allows us to be able to get in some certain circumstances. I'm not necessarily saying he, he forced us to take drugs. He didn't do that, Right. But at the same time, right. I think God allows people to get in that position to to show their you know their need of Him, right? Because without, right. I, I I honestly you know, and I know I I know I've met them that there's atheists or or people of a different faith that has claimed you know I have gotten clean on my own, and that's just a sheer amount of willpower God given to them. Unfortunately, they don't know that. But at the same time, it's just it's very interesting to see someone who you know denies Christianity to say they got clean. Um, but 
so whenever you okay so you went to this synthetic marijuana and then what happened after that um i was you know ske- sketchy at best you know going to work uh, on time um really wasn't doing anything with my life uh i i was uh i was unemployed during most of this time uh got on at a gas station uh, as a cashier and um you know, just content with where I was. I had no, I had no desire to go back to church at this point. I, I was, I, I didn't claim, you know, being saved. I got saved when I was in third grade. Uh, and, and at this point I didn't really care. And, and, and I, and I don't believe this today, but back then I was raised once saved always saved. And now I don't believe that way, but that was going on in my head at that time was, well, you know, I was saved. I'm going to be okay. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to live my life, but I mean, I've already had all these bad things done to me. You know, what else could go wrong in my life? Um, you know, you know, dropped out of school. (laughs) Right. And just to clarify real quick, you, you know, you, and this is actually going to be really interesting. I, I, I debated saying it, but I, I really want to now. Um, I actually believe, Jake, that once you are saved, that you will continue to be saved. Um, the basically, once a person, you know, once the Holy Spirit resides within a person, they they won't fall from the faith. Why? Because God is able to make them stand. Right. Um, so with with the with, right with the gift of perser, and, and I don't want to get into this. I'm just you know making a little side note. But with the gift of salvation, right? Salvation is a gift of God, Ephesians two eight and nine, and and the reason that you know God saved us is to conform us to that you know the image of Christ. So, my personal opinion, I don't think that once a Christian is truly saved in the biblical sense that they can fall away from that faith. But just a little minor discrepancy between us. Please go ahead. I I, I love this, and maybe give you something and, to think about as well. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but go continue. And so I, I was I was doing a lot of uh, smoking a lot of synthetic marijuana, going to the bars quite a bit, um, and that ended up not being enough for me. I mean, there were several times um, I almost got arrested. Uh, I actually have been arrested for uh, drinking and driving and leaving the scene of an accident. Spent eight hours oh, wow. in jail, and. Um, you know, at this point in my life, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just got done saying, you know, what else could go wrong in my life? And then, boom, I'm yeah. sitting in jail. Um, and, and that devastated me. That devastated my family because here all of these people know, well, I remember Jake growing up. You know, what happened to him? We want the old Jake back. Uh, and I heard yeah. that so many times. And, and that was more fuel for the flame, per se, because it just made me even want to – do even more stupid things for some reason. Uh, and whenever I, whenever that happened, there was a stint of time where I had sobriety. Um, and I decided to go back to school, um, for two years. I had to work three part-time jobs to do this. Um, I worked at a manufacturing company, went to school, uh, worked at a gas station. And then I did, um, sports broadcasting for a a local high school team for football and basketball and um 
so I had a lot of things going for me. A lot of things were starting to turn around. Still didn't give God any of that glory. Thought I was doing it on my own. Uh, whenever I graduated college, got a good job at a manufacturing company, and was on night shift. And I'm like, well, how am I gonna how am I gonna be on night shift? You know, really worried about it. Um, and the I was tempted by using methamphetamine. I'd, I'd, I'd been on bath salts before and I knew, um, you know, I, I've tried meth in the past and I liked it. Um, I liked what it did to me and I decided because of somebody, a couple guys I was hanging out with who were, who ha- had easy access to it, I was going to do meth. Um, and I stayed on meth, <coughs> excuse me, for two years before I decided I was going to get clean. The last time I used meth or any drug was January 22nd, 2018. Um, Congratulations. And I literally quit cold turkey. Um, and everybody's asked me, well, I've even talked to people at church about it, how I have never heard of anybody ever getting off meth for two years that's been hooked on it for two years get off of this. How, how did you do it? Well, there's only one explanation for it, and that is... That is God. And as soon as Absolutely. I realized that, things started turning around for me in my life. Uh, for instance, uh, I, I started going to church. I've, I met my wife at church, um, and now I've got two awesome stepkids. Um, my brother-in-law is a pastor. I'm in the worship team now. I play bass in the worship team. I'm a trustee of the church. You know, I'm, I'm at, I, I teach children me and my wife teach a children's class on sunday morning and on wednesday nights and uh i'm active in a bible study and and all these things i I look back where where was that turning point and it was that moment i realized that i that i was done living the way i was and that i want god in my life so now let me ask you this whenever you got to that turning point right whenever i mean i know hindsight's 2020 right whenever we look back we can you know sometimes nail down the minute that you know everything started changing and so just let me ask you like was you doing anything like was you reading the bible was you thinking about god or to the best of your memory what happened in that moment of you know the light bulb clicking on like what am I doing? You know, because I've had that as well. Right. And, but I, but I just want to get your experience on exactly, I mean, like I said, to the best of your ability, um, what were you doing and, you know, what kind of environment were you in at that time? I, in the, in the past with my drug use, I've had some suicidal thoughts. Uh, there was one point I was, and I left this out, um, I was suicidal. I took 28 pills of an antidepressant and and ended up going to the hospital. I had, like, a blood pressure of, like, 190 over 130. So, like, I was in wow. pretty bad shape. And I got to that point again on the methamphetamine where I was, I was struggling with my job. I was struggling in life. Um, I didn't have a, hardly any relationships with any friends. Um, struggling with relationships in life with, you know, finding a soulmate or if I even wanted a soulmate. And I, I got really down on myself, suicidal, to the point where I didn't even want to, uh, I, did, I didn't want to live anymore. But I remember laying in bed, you know, 
knowing that I need to change. I, I need to do something different. And uh, I remember being in the shower and looking up and just sobbing because I just wanted it all to go away. I wanted I wanted a change. I didn't want to live the way I was living. I didn't want to feel the way I felt. And I wanted the old Jake back at that point, too. You know, I'd heard that a million times. And I remember telling the person that usually gave me, you know, the drugs, uh, I was done. I didn't want, I didn't want any more. And that was the biggest thing, too, for me to be able to quit was I had to get rid of everybody that was involved with it because yeah. um, I just, I had to start over and, you know, grow. I, you know, I grew up in church knowing, um, you know, God's grace, what God sent His Son for us. Um, you know, and and everybody sinned, and I knew I could have a I could have a fresh start. Um, and that that was the moment that it really turned around, and I knew that that that's really what a fire sparked inside me yeah. that I needed to change. Right, and it seems like, you know, what you're describing, Jake, I, I, I've been through the exact same thing, right? And what I got to say, and for those who are just tuning in, we have Jake Robinette with us, and he's given us his testimony how he used to do bath salts. He he got away from God. He grew up in a Christian house, got away from God, um, bath salts, synthetic marijuana, My basically my same story. And But what I'm saying is, Jake, what you're describing, it almost sounds like the reason I asked for the moment is because... It, it, like I said, what, just the way I, I can't get over it, man, because the way you're describing it, it just sounds like God sent his Holy Spirit to just like take up residence within you. And then all of a sudden, like the light bulb clicked on and you realize what in the world am I doing? Right. I mean, does, does that sound somewhat similar about, you know, if you could look at it through spiritual lenses, do you think that that's exactly what happened or? Exactly. Was, I, I, one thing I remember distinctly going through my mind was that, uh, you know, when I first started out growing up in church, God was right next to me. And then I felt like God stayed where he was, and I took a step away from him with the alcohol, took another step with the marijuana, took another step with sex, another, you know, kept getting further and further and further away from him. But what I didn't realize was I took a step away from him with the marijuana, but God came even closer to me. And then the alcohol, God was still there right next to me. You know, the marijuana, God right next to me. Abortion, God's right there next to me. And, you know, that feeling in your gut that's telling you that there's, that uh, it's not going to get better, you know, that that's wrong. God is right there with you at all times. He's omnipresent. He's He's always wrapping his arms around you. And that's that's the thing that I didn't get. You know, I always felt, well, why, God, why? But it's not the case. God was trying to help me the entire time, and it took me that moment to realize it. And that, and then that's right. that's when it, you know, that that was the light bulb. That's when it clicked. Right, and see, that's, you know, it. You, like I said, man, your story sounds so much like mine. I mean, it, if I said the entire thing, people would probably think that I'm copying from you, man, because it it, it really is. It, it's it's the complete. It's the underdog story. You know what I mean? Like, and I went through the same yeah. stuff. And because with me, right, it, it turns out that 
like I said, looking back, hindsight is always twenty twenty. And now I look back at those days and I see where God was with me, right? Jesus promised never to leave nor forsake us, right? And it, it seems to me that, because I, like I said, I did grow up in the Christian household, but we didn't enforce the Christian, you know, doctrines. We, I, I wasn't, I mean, I, I was taught Bible stories, sure, but, you know, where I got most of my understanding from what the Bible said was from that little independent fundamentalist Baptist church that you and I both went to. That's where I got it. And growing up, I really didn't see a a, a point to it. Like, I, I was an atheist for a while, right? I was an agnostic. I was probably everything. I actually dabbled into the occult a little bit. And that's actually going to be a completely another show that I got lined up. So check in for that one. But at the same time, like, I always... I, even whenever I denied God's existence, he was still there, you know, and just because my belief in or my belief not in him, that doesn't necessarily tell his existence, right? God is going to do whatever he wants to do in the heavens and on earth. He's not going to not exist because I don't believe in him or anybody else for that matter. But at the same time, it's like I, I see God leading me the way that I was. And then finally, that light bulb for me, whenever it clicked on what what had happened was, I went to the hospital seven times, right? Seven times, back to back to back to back to back, just to be able to get shot up with some morphine. I started out with weed. I started out with, um, you know, pills. I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say, because the big stigma nowadays is, or it was anyway, that, well, marijuana is a gateway drug that leads you to do other things. No, the reason I did other drugs is because Tyler wanted to do other drugs, right? I like the way it made me yeah. feel. And I wanted to do, I, 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 what I did was I was searching for that hole that, or I was, I knew there was a hole there and I knew it needed filled. But what I didn't know was how, how do I fill this hole in my life? Because something's wrong. I'm looking internally at me. I'm looking externally at the world and I realized something's wrong. Right. And I tried it with drugs. I tried it with sex. I tried it with band, um, you know, music. I tried to fill that hole with every single thing, and then one day, I remember it like it was yesterday, this man named Hoot, I will never forget him, his real name's Alpha, but everybody calls him Hoot, from Pensacola, Florida. He came to me, he said, Tyler, I want to tell you something that you've probably never heard before. And I said, yeah, right. You know, it's probably got something to do with the Bible, and I've probably heard million, million, million different ways of putting it, right? And he said, I'm going to show you something. And he took out a piece of paper, and he laid it down. He took out a pen, and he drew, man. And I'll never forget. I actually do it to this day with other people. But he drew out for me the gospel. And it was in such an amazing way that I had literally never seen that before. I said, so what you're telling me, Hoot, is that all I have to do is put my faith in Christ, and all of this goes away, like all of it. He said, no. (laughs) I was like, man, what are you talking about? This is what I'm looking for. I'm looking to get rid of this because whenever I went to the hospital them seven times, after that something clicked in me and I was like, oh, I've got to do something different. I have to, I have to do something. Something is wrong here, right? And it's not until he sat down that the dots connected, right? Jesus Christ came into this world 2,000 years ago. God sent him to die on a cross for the sins of every single person who would put their faith in him, right? Everyone, it doesn't matter what background you come from, what culture you come from, what it doesn't matter, your past, former, or present sins, or your past, future, or present sins. 
it doesn't matter. Whenever Jesus died on that cross, he took all the sins of every single person who would put their faith in him upon himself, and he dealt with them, and he got rid of them. The wages of sin is death, and they are no more, period, in the subject. And whenever I understood that, on the basis of faith, that can be applied to me. And not only is the forgiveness of sins applied but also God's righteousness is also applied to me. Whenever that moment clicked, dude, I fell down on my hands and knees, bawling my eyes out, and I was just like, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And everything went, I mean, it it was amazing. I had a rush of energy. And I'm not basing my conversion experience on that feeling. I don't know when I was saved, to be perfectly honest with you, but... Whenever that moment hit, I literally felt an energy rush through me, and I ran out, and I was talking to my buddy, and I was like, I think I just got saved with the biggest smile on my face. And, you know, that for me was my, you know, light bulb moment. Like, whenever everything clicked, it felt like, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say it felt like the Holy Spirit, you know, indwelt me, but it did at the same time. I mean, like I said, I felt that rush of energy. And it was just absolutely sheer bliss. I've never felt anything like it again in my life. And, well, close with skydiving, but still, I mean, nothing nothing compares, right? And the fact, and since then, yes, I've stumbled. I stumble right now. But I, I don't necessarily look back to that experience, per se. But I try to look outside of myself whenever, like, because, for example, I'm sure, Jake, that you've hit depression modes in your, since you've been saved, right? Because I know I have. I've I've questioned God's existence. I've like, you know, and this was salvation, right? Like, I was already saved, set aside, being sanctified to be conformed to the image of Christ. And I'm sitting here, like, with, God, do you even exist? Where are you in certain things? And to me, it was like, it, it was we whenever we become a christian we do not all of a sudden attain perfection right jake i know you still some right, you know right. you still stumble i still stumble and so just if i can ask you i guess what whenever you for for christians who have been through this and for you guys listening that maybe might be or struggling with a drug problem we want or or have and are looking for that hole to be filled with something all of us here at the show want you to know that there is absolute and certain hope in Jesus Christ and we don't call upon Christ right to you know to necessarily cleanse us of our drug problem that's part of it yes but if we're calling on Jesus to you know man, give me a new car, or please help my sick relative who has the flu for a day, you know? That's not why we call... We, we're all sinners. We've all screwed up in a certain way, and many, many times. And the fact of the matter is, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? And, it, and the problem is, is that with that sin, with that act of rebellion against our Creator, who deserves nothing but worship and praise... We have, we have, you know, trampled on the name of God by our sin. We've spit in his face. But at the same time, to see true love come down and actually be pierced through his hands and feet on a cross and then rise three days later is proof 
how how do you Jake do you whenever you get into a depression mode, I know that's a really long question but if you start stumbling are you looking at Christ and not yourself anymore or how does that work for you whenever you hit a stumbling block oh the the first thing that I do is I pray about it uh, that's one thing that's really changed in me is 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 praying um and I, I like I'll go ahead and touch too. You said uh, you know that I have stumbling blocks. I mean I've I am I have been back in church now for almost a year and a half, but I am still a, a child of God. I've still got a long ways to grow. Um, and but whenever I get in those kinds of situations, I, I pray. I lean on my church family. Um, you know I've I've bugged my pastor many a times, you know, to not only find answers, um, but, but to find answers biblically. And we just had a lesson in Bible study that really hit me hard is, you know, you can Google your problems all you want and you can find a Bible verse that'll pop up and you can look it up, but really look in, and, and I'm not saying that's wrong to do, but really look into the context of what those stories are telling you, you know, don't just read that one verse that pops up, read the whole story. Um, uh, little things like that. Uh, and, and family is another thing that's, that's really helped me. Um, my wife is, has been active in church for, for a long time. And, you know, I, and, and she's very wise in her knowledge of, um, of the Bible and, and what she's listening to you, isn't she, Jake? Do what? She's listening to you, isn't she? That's why you had to throw that in there, right? <laughs> she's actually, I don't know if she is or not. She's a, uh, I think she's asleep on the couch. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Uh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But go on. No, I know. Please. I know. But that, that's it. Um, you know, you, you, you quoted Romans 3.23, for all sin comes short of the glory of God. And we also know uh, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. You know, because we are sinners, we're going to die uh, sinners. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, you know, though we are sinners, God gives us that gift, and what we have to do is accept it. And uh, and another big thing in that is repentance of our sins. So, right. and by that, you know, we have to try not to do the things that we know are sins. And, you know, it's Complete Sinner's Guide. That's a guide for me, the sinner. And um, so I'm, I'm speaking for myself, but that's that's one thing that uh, that I, I've gone to learn. So when I'm having these trials and tribulations, and and I figure out it's because I'm doing something wrong, that's when the repentance comes in, and and you know I pray uh, constantly for those things. You know I'm I am nowhere near perfect. But, um, you know, if, if I fix one problem, another one arises, and, and that's just the way it, it goes, you know, uh, Romans 6.23. Right, exactly. And I, I actually, one verse, or I'm sorry, one chapter of the Psalms actually popped up into my head whenever you were talking just now, and I want to read it. It's Psalm 51, and this is, this is right after, well, I'll just read it. I mean, it, it speaks for itself. It says, To the choir master, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. And now, for those who don't know, it, what had happened was David, it, it was a time of war, and David actually was 
setting in Jerusalem. He should have been out there with the other people fighting, but he wasn't. He has a, a neighbor named Bathsheba and Uriah. And what happened was uh, David looked at Bathsheba while she was in the pool one day. And natural, sinful thoughts ran through David's mind, we'll say. And he actually had sex with Bathsheba, and and actually he uh, got her pregnant. Well, anyway, long story short, he calls Uriah up and says, Hey, bud, you need to get back here. I mean, it wasn't like a cell phone, guys. Come on now. But he sent his messenger to get Uriah to come back and sleep with his wife. Uriah wouldn't do it. Long story short, he killed Uriah, and this is where... Nathan comes into play and tells David, look, dude, you have screwed up horribly. And this is what David wrote after he had realized his sinful, his adultery and his murder. He says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from all my from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you. And this is the part I find very interesting because David killed Uriah and David slept with Bathsheba and got her pregnant, right? But he says this in verse four, he says against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. The same story for every single person that's ever walked on the face of this earth. Verse 6 says, Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore in me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. And I wish I wish David was here, and I wish I could have heard him in his, because there is so much heart and so much sincerity going on within this psalm. I can't do it justice by just reading it. I would love to have known what David exactly was feeling. I mean, he uses words like, the bones you have broken, let them rejoice. Um, you know, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. All of these all of these actions that David is wanting, he's asking God to do it for him. And that's, I think that's the key. David, David is showing his faith clearly in God's ability to make him clean, to do away with his sin. And that's exactly what happened whenever Jesus came to die on a cross, right? And we get that applied to us by faith in him. Ephesians 1.13 clearly lays it out that we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit at the moment of faith, right? And there's all kinds of nuances between, you know, well, what comes first, faith or belief or, or the indwelling of the Holy Spirit or faith or how does it all work out? That's not what we're talking about on this exact show. But the point of the matter is God is the one who does the work of cleaning and he does it on the basis of faith. My One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, and it's in First John. I'm sorry, I got to look it up real quick because um, I don't know it off the top of my head. But um, the book of First John was written for people to be uh, 
to be confident of their faith, right? To be able to look at First John and say, "Hey, look, I, I I'm screwing up, but these are what this is what is laid out as you know the very definition of a Christian." I mean, I love it, but it says, "Write, little children," or "I'm writing to you, little children, so that you may not sin." But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus, right? And whenever, you know, in my stumbling blocks, in, in my time of, you know, sin, I think about that after, after the fact. I think about it. And you said, you know, repentance, Jake. And you're absolutely right. Repentance and faith is two sides of the same coin. And what that, in a nutshell, what that means is there is a there is a sense in repentance of, you know, turning from your sin. And absolutely, repentance is a change of the a change of mind or a change in in the way that you think about things. And the point of that is is that once we change our mind about something truly, right? It's not just a well, I'm going to agree with you. No, it's an actual change of mind. That is wrought in your mind, and outward will flow that change of action. If you think, you know, for example, say, uh, uh, for a, a really far out example, say a child molester, right, comes, you know, the Holy Spirit breaks in, opens his eyes, opens his heart, and he places his faith in Christ, right? He's not going to molest children anymore. It doesn't work like that. And that's he think he sees it as wrong. He sees it as sin. It's something that is an absolute abomination in the sight of God. He sees that and he realized this is what Jesus actually died for. This is why he was pierced through his hands and his feet. I'm not going to do this, not because of fear of punishment, but because I love the man who died for me, the God man who died, who literally died for me. You know, God sent his only son. And anyone, everyone believing in him, every single person would gain eternal life and would have eternal life. And that's that's why we do this show. Jake, that's what you found right that that this is yeah. what repla- or, that Christ is the ultimate replacement for every single thing that I used to do even though I still sin even though I still screw up Christ is the ultimate the ultimate person the ultimate being that takes away it all on the basis of love right yes and it's you know, I, I and that's the message. You know, that's exactly what I wanted to, and I think that we've done this in this show, right? I, I really believe that we've looked and we've seen that. Look, there are people who who have a really, really desperate, desperate, desperate need of something, and I want to explain to every single person listening right now that there is hope. There is God sent His only Son to take away sins, to not only take away sins, to give power to those people to overcome their sins and to experience ultimate glory with him, right? Jake, I, I man, I, we're out of time. I want to thank you so much for coming on this show. I really, I, I love it, man. Thank you for opening up the way you did. And if you got anything to say in like 10 seconds or less, please go for it right now. <laughs> I appreciate you for bringing on me to the show. Uh, I wish I had more time with you. I, I could spend all day telling you my testimony. Uh, I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate you having me on here. 
and uh, you know, I get, give God the glory in all of this because He's He's the reason for all of it. Absolutely, and that's the ultimate goal is to give God the glory. <laughs> wow, give God the glory, right? That that's our ultimate goal in this. This is why we do what we do, and we want you guys also to know that you can have a a, a saving relationship with the God of this universe. Believe in His Son, repent of your sins. Jake, you, you've been amazing, and and thank you so much for tuning in, guys. I, I, I want to send you all over to thecompletesinnersguide.com where you can check out every single episode that we've ever done. Hit me up on Facebook, Tyler Fowler. Shoot me an email at completecenter at gmail.com, and we will see you next week. See you guys.